You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Vionic began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day with beautiful curated styles for every season. I have been loving my Brighton boots so much that I ordered the Kimmy sneaker in tan leather. They slide on easy peasy and pair well with just about any outfit, and I'm so glad I can count on all-day comfort and support with Bionic. Whether I need to slip them on to run out the door for school drop-off, or to head to my husband's dental office to do some work, or to go out to dinner for a casual date night, I know I will look good and feel good in my Kimmy sneakers. If you want to try Bionic shoes for yourself, use code 3in30 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's code 3in30 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. One-time use only at Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. Being a grown-up is kind of weird for a lot of reasons, one of them being that you are still the child of your parents. And if your parents didn't or couldn't show up for you in the way that you needed when you were growing up, that can make your relationship with them now feel complicated. You might see your friends' social media posts gushing about their beautiful relationship with their mom, or talk to them about their seemingly perfect family reunion and wonder, am I the only one who has a complicated or even traumatic relationship with my parents? If you feel this, you're not alone, and today's podcast guest will be speaking directly to you. Nicole Walters is a former top-selling corporate executive who quit her six-figure sales job to pursue her passion and build a multi-million dollar business, coaching fellow dreamers and entrepreneurs. She's the host of a popular podcast, a TV personality, and an in-demand motivational speaker. When you hear that bio, you may think she was raised with all the privilege and emotional support of educated and loving parents, but Nicole was raised in poverty, and in her new memoir that released this past month, she talks about her childhood and her complicated relationship with her father, whose very hurtful words and actions stayed with her until adulthood. The memoir also goes into how she never graduated from college, but still managed to build a multi-million dollar business, and how she eventually adopted three girls who were in a very difficult situation and is working to give them the parent-child relationship she always wanted with her own parents. I know Nicole's takeaways and wisdom will give you hope if you find your family relationships feeling a bit messy as we head into this holiday season. So with no further ado, here is my conversation with Nicole Walters. Nicole, welcome to 3 and 30. I am so excited to talk with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Well, I just have to start by saying the exciting news to everyone that you just found out in the last few days that your book is a New York Times bestseller. So you mentioned to me before we started that I'm the first interview you've done since finding that out. So congratulations. Let me be the first podcast host to tell you congratulations on having a New York Times bestselling book. It's That's massive. No, it's quite the endeavor, and I'm beyond grateful. And honestly, as much as I could take all the credit, it really is a community win, and I'm I'm super thankful. So 
uh, your love and your support in that process too also is really meaningful. So we did it. I'm really excited. Thank you. It's amazing. And one of the things that I loved about your book is you got very honest and vulnerable about your childhood and your past and your relationship with your parents and then how you've navigated that into adulthood. And as I read your book, I thought this is the angle that I want to talk to Nicole about. This is the topic because I think there are a lot of women, more than we sometimes realize, that have kind of a complicated relationship with their own parents. And now that they're adults and they have their own children, they're trying to navigate that. And society has a lot of ideas what that should look like. And so I just want women in this community of podcast listeners who are there, who feel like, yeah, it is a little complicated to know they're not alone and to hear from you a little bit of your story and your takeaways. So before we even get into the takeaways, if you wouldn't mind just giving us some context, a little bit of background on how you grew up your childhood as much as you're comfortable sharing. Sure, of course. Well, thank you so much. I know that it's a hard topic whenever we talk about strained parental relationships and or complications with sort of figuring out how we feel about our parents versus, you know, what society expects. And in my background, I talk about this in my book. And I think all of us who are parents can really understand this. My parents did the best they could with what they had. That mm. is the truth of the statement. And what they had, I think a lot of times in our society comes down to material objects like money, home, you know, education. But what they had also emotionally, trauma-based, therapy resources. So with what they knew around what parenting was supposed to be and how they were raised in and of themselves, culturally and emotionally, my parents showed up with what they could. And it took me a lot of therapy to be able to say that out loud. (laughs) Like that is a real thing. And, uh, you know, so I grew up poor, you know, my parents just didn't have that. And poverty is a trauma in and of itself. It forces you to make decisions with what you've got and in a limited way. And those decisions were reflected with anger in my household, pressure around certain expectations, whether it was around education, career, society, appearance. And then it also just dealt with like plain old self-worth issues. You know, I think that a lot of times we don't realize how much messaging children take from lack of access to resources or food or other things and how that can impact their sense of self. So I walked away with a lot of trauma that I've had to unpack through the years and I'm still unpacking imperfectly just to make sure I don't drop my ick in places I don't want it to go or pass it on when it can end with me, you know, and I think that that is something that I touch on in my book and I touch on a lot in my community. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So as you have come into adulthood, looked back, done a lot of unpacking, gone to therapy, what are your three takeaways for a woman listening to this podcast We're heading into the holiday season. She may be going on some family trips or seeing family or going to family dinners, and she's feeling a little bit of angst around kind of a complicated relationship with her parents. What are your three takeaways for her? Let's start with your first. The first takeaway is that it is totally normal to have this angst around parents. It is so normal that it is a developmental thing that occurs when our kids start entering preteen stages. So a lot of times we feel just weird alone that we're having this emotion. Like, Mm. shouldn't I naturally love my parents? You may not even understand where it's coming from, especially if you aren't someone who had uh, trauma or something specific or grew up without. It's just like, why can't I just feel good about it and want them there and all these things? Or why am I annoyed that I know 
in advance of the holidays, mom's going to say something about cleaning or whatever, you know, like little mm-hmm. things like that. It is normal. It is a very normal thing to have weirdness around your parents. If you're a mama, you're probably experienced. I have an 11 year old now who disagrees with me about everything. It literally could be something that she decided, but because I'm saying it, she disagrees. And it's because of that natural human development dynamic where she's starting to come into her own and need space to do that. It's not personalized, but it's part of it. So if you didn't get an opportunity to do that between 11 and 13, you may be doing it at a later age. And that is normal. It is normal to have weirdness with your parents. Yeah. I also appreciated in the book you shared when your oldest left home for the first time and how Mm -hmm. hard that was for you when she started making different choices and distancing herself. Mm -hmm. And again, I think a very normal experience, but heartbreaking for mama who still wants to hold on and who often has the wisdom to see that the choices that that child is making are not the best for them, but just has to let go and let them learn and become an adult. And there is a mourning period, I feel like, for parents. Oh, yes. My oldest is 12, so I'm not anywhere close to what you've experienced yet, but I feel it already that he is becoming his own person and distancing in some ways from me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, I yes. want to hold on. And I don't want there to be but, weirdness between us, you know, yes. but there is that developmental milestone where there's kind of some weirdness sometimes with your mm-hmm. parents, especially when you are a grown parent and they are a parent. And you're trying to kind of figure that out. And isn't it amazing how I feel like we revert back to younger versions of ourselves sometimes when we're with our Mm -hmm. parents. And so Mm -hmm. that like weirdness or that angst can sort of arise again, even though I'm a grown woman, because I'm always their child. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. when I go home, I'm like, why am I less responsible? I think I like sort of revert back. Mm -hmm. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that first takeaway. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by KiwiCo, a monthly subscription box of seriously fun and enriching art and learning projects for kids of all ages. Many of us are starting to think about holiday gifts for the kiddos in our lives, and KiwiCo is the one-stop gift shop for kids of every interest and age. Children can discover the mechanics behind everyday objects, learn the science of cooking, explore new cultures, and practice new art and design techniques all through seriously fun, hands-on projects. After trying KiwiCo with my own children and seeing how creative and high-quality the crates are, I decided to give a subscription to my niece and nephew for Christmas a few years ago. They had so much fun building a solar system, exploring the human body, and learning about animals, and they would send me photos of their creations. Their mom also loved this gift because it kept the kids busy and learning for the afternoon, so this is truly a gift for the whole family. Discover hands-on fun with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash 3in30. That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash 3in30. This episode is also sponsored by Factor, the meal delivery service that provides fresh, ready-prepared meals to support even the busiest of lifestyles. I love Factor meals so much that I recommended them to my dad. He is a widower who wants to eat healthy but doesn't like to cook, and he's a fan. He told me his favorites are the smoky barbecue chicken and the shredded chicken taco bowl. And he loves knowing he can come home from work and have a healthy, delicious meal ready to heat up in two minutes. Factor meals are chef prepared, dietitian approved, and delivered straight to your door on the schedule you choose through their website or their convenient app. 
You could encourage your parents to order these meals if they're empty nesters, or order them for yourself so you have some quick and easy, healthy lunches or dinners to fuel you through these next few busy months of holiday shopping, concerts, trips, and festive chaos. This holiday season, look no further than Factor for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Head to factormeals.com slash 3in3050 and use code 3in3050 to get 50% off. That's code 3in3050 at factormeals.com slash 3in3050 to get 50% off. Then what's your second takeaway? So the second takeaway is after you acknowledge that it may be normal to have some angst about it, it's also really normal to have some grief as you start acknowledging areas where you feel like you may have lacked. And when I say the areas of lack, I think it's so easy and my heart really goes out not just so people who have suffered through clarity around lack, clarity around trauma, you know, the I didn't have food or I didn't have a bed or I didn't. I mean, these are things that are pretty clear and easier to sort of attack in therapy, even if the mountain is still hard to climb. But people who also lack clarity where it's like, I had loving parents. I had all the supplies that I needed. I had all of my resources in a full fridge and private school or all the things that, you know, I think a lot of us who grew up without it are like, oh, you had it good. I think sometimes there isn't enough acknowledgement for the fact that, but you had a dad who never came to your play, or you had a mom who never said you looked pretty, or you grew up in a home with parents who didn't believe in I love you or being affectionate. We all have areas where we may have lacked and we wish we had more and our parents weren't there to give it to us when they were the people responsible at that point to provide that. And so you're allowed to grieve not having the parents that you wish you had even though they're still existing. And that is probably the hard, this is the therapeutic part of it, is, is knowing that I'm looking at my mom here, so wanting her to provide a thing and she will never have the capacity to do or be that thing. Mm. And fortunately, I'm an adult now and I can provide that for myself. Like there's mm. just so much therapeutic work that goes into that process and you just have to keep working on it. But the grief is normal. I mourned my father, the death of my father before my father ever died because I knew that I would never have the dad that I wish I would have. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I do feel like when you spoke about this is therapy work, this is therapeutic digging. My therapist sometimes has me write letters. Letters I'll never send. But just to say what I need to say, to get it off my chest, to get it out there. And I had wonderful, incredibly loving, connected parents. But my mom had breast cancer my whole life. And she passed away when I was 19. And when I started going to therapy, my therapist said I needed to write a letter to her expressing like anger or some sort of a negative emotion because she had been so revered and rightfully so because of everything that she gave in spite of how sick she felt. But I was feeling really lost and alone in my motherhood at that point. Sure. It was a brand new mom. My mom wasn't here. I wished that she was here, but not only did I wish she was here, but I wished that she had written something down for me. And I had actually Mm -hmm. asked her multiple times throughout my life to write something down for me. And I have like pages in my journal that are blank that I left blank that I asked her, like, can you write me a letter? And she never did. And my therapist was like, you need to explore that. You need to write her a letter and tell her that you're disappointed in her, that she didn't leave you any words of wisdom. And it felt blasphemous to do that and to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that as good as my mother was, and she was remarkable, that she wasn't perfect. 
and nobody is. Mm -hmm. I'm not either. Like, I'm not going to be a perfect parent to my kids either. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes writing those letters, whether or not you'll ever send them, can be part of this mourning and grieving and saying to that parent figure, I really wish that you would have done this or said this for me and I felt abandoned at this point or whatever. It just gets it off your chest, even if you never actually say it to them. Oh, yeah. I I think that's such a great and powerful exercise. I also think it also allows us, especially as people who are so requiring of grace right now as mothers and as just like wives and people, just we need grace because holy cow, we don't teach it to others. We're not going to give it to ourselves. And when you write those letters, you're acknowledging the bothness of Mm. your mother, that she could be revered and loved and a hero and strong and all these things and also not be a perfect mother and also not show up for you in the way she could have had capacity to, but chose not to for whatever her inside reasons are that we won't know, which suck, you know, because we want yes. We almost feel like if we only knew that's the therapy part of it. Right. But it's like the ways that we wish she could have shown up, but then also acknowledge that, yeah, people can say, oh, my gosh, my mom's so great. She's amazing. Aren't you proud? Blah, blah, blah. And I feel hurt because I'm like, yeah, but there's this thing she did that I'm not going to talk about, you know, because I need to let people hold the space for what she is. It's something that I struggle with day in, day out, that I am so deeply imperfect and aware of it. And so I still hurt people's feelings. I still am not always a perfect mother and have to apologize to my kids. And yet people on the internet are saying, oh, Nicole's the greatest at whatever. Mm -hmm. She's a bestseller, blah, blah, blah. And I'm aware of that dichotomy for my kids and always trying to make sure they are aware, like, I know I'm imperfect and I'm aware that these people say this and make no mistake, what you're experiencing is valid and real and you're not crazy. I do things imperfectly. It's both. (laughs) You know what I mean? And guess what? Everyone else is both and you will also be both. What's important is that you don't believe everything everyone says about you because it's not true. And that you also don't believe that you are your lowest moment because that's not true either. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully stated that both can be true. Every single Mm -hmm. human being has good and bad. And what do they say? Like light sides and shadow Mm -hmm. sides. And it's so, so true. Right, right. And I felt like you really acknowledged that in your book, that you shared some really troubling moments that you had with your dad. But then you shared moments when he showed up and... Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. isn't that how all human relationships are? The good and the bad, the highs and the oh, lows. Yes. Oh, yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In today's episode, my guests Nicole Walters and I are talking about how to grieve, accept, and redefine a complicated relationship with your parents. That is heavy emotional work. And as we discuss in this conversation, much of our personal unpacking the past has happened in therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your unique schedule, done all online. Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I know that getting started or even starting back up again if you've moved or had a life change can sometimes be the hardest part, so I think it's awesome that BetterHelp makes this so easy. This time of year can be emotionally difficult for a lot of people, with the change in the weather, the darker days, and the holidays. The holidays can be beautiful, but they can also trigger feelings of grief if your family life doesn't look the way you'd hoped, or if you have relationships that are complicated. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 3in30. All right, and then what is your third and final takeaway for us? My third and final takeaway is obviously after acknowledging that it's normal to have your feelings 
and recognize that it's normal to grieve what you did not have. You're allowed to have that feeling. Also know that you are allowed to dictate how you move forward. We live in a society that so reveres the parental relationship that we regularly have phrasings around honor thy mother and thy father and family first. And, you know, all these things that have sort of become chants and mantras that are elevated above all else. But people do not know what you've been through. And it is up to you to dictate what that looks like for you. And is it an excuse to spill your gunk all over everyone else or on the kids or whoever else? No, obviously not. We have a responsibility to manage our emotions and experiences and traumas. That is our responsibility no matter what happened to us and not perpetuate pain. You know, there's no value to that. But you get to dictate what that relationship looks like. And so it's important that if you are seeking therapeutic guidance, if you are religious, you're seeking whatever sort of religious support that you need around that. If you have great friends around you, that those friends are providing that support. There's nothing more painful than someone who's still working through their mom issues or dad issues being told like, well, that's your mother, so no matter what, or why wouldn't you talk to them no matter what, blood is thicker than water. And it's hard because while those statements may have some value, and yes, they're true, you do not know and never will understand what someone else's experience is like top to bottom. So mm -hmm. the idea that one could dictate or make a judgment around that is so hard and so harsh and so unwarranted. And so while we can't control what other people will say and do in response to our decisions, you can control your right and your personal free agency to do what feels best for you in that moment and hopefully what feels and what seems right for your future. So if it means mom isn't coming to Thanksgiving because you just don't have capacity this Thanksgiving to manage your feelings around that in addition to enjoying the holiday with your family, that is your choice. And, and you can handle the moment, the choice, the judgments, and the consequences. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. And I think that in healthy relationships, it's very possible to communicate boundaries and limits in loving ways. I understand oh, yes. that's not always possible in relationships that aren't healthy. So it's easy to say, just talk openly with your mom and mm -hmm. explain where you're at and come to an understanding. Right. Just forgive it. Just let it go. And like emotionally <laughs> resilient people or like emotionally mature people might be able to have their grown daughters say, I can't do Thanksgiving with the family this year for these reasons. And the emotionally mature mother might say, okay, I totally understand. I understand that we may not be talking about emotionally mature people in these situations that are just going to be like, mm -hmm. I totally get it. Take your space. But that doesn't change that you can still have that boundary and you can still try to communicate it lovingly in a way that aligns with your values. The way that you communicated it was you feel kind and loving and all those things. If that person doesn't take it that way, you can't control that, you know, and you work through it as it comes and do your healing. And then you can sleep at night knowing that, look, I said things nicely and they just didn't receive it, you know, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I also think that that's the power of therapy. One of the things that's so difficult about interpersonal relationships is oftentimes we act out of a feeling of being stuck or limited in our options. 
And therapy is a beautiful resource to let you know what your options are. And odds are you have lots of them. And Rachel, I mean, you called out that you can set boundaries. Boundaries literally means you've got tons of options. So mm-hmm. maybe she comes to Thanksgiving, but we will not talk at all about the kids. Maybe we come to Thanksgiving, but I will put up a firm boundary around anything around my body. Or maybe she doesn't come to Thanksgiving at all. Or maybe we don't do a big family Thanksgiving and we do two small breakouts where I'm able to leave after visiting the family Thanksgiving for a certain number of hours. I mean, there are literally so many different ways that you can approach relationships with people that allow you to retain your personal agency, protect your mental health and well-being, and hopefully restructure and change the relationship so it can be sustained with more ease in the future. And you're allowed to explore that independent of what other people tell you you should do. Yeah. Oh, so well put, Nicole. This is just a small taste of the wisdom that you deliver in your book, which is called Nothing is Missing. And I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about your book and where people can find it. Of course. Thank you so much for that. Yes. So my book, I'm so excited. It came out October 10th of 2023. It is a New York Times bestselling book, which I'm very grateful for. And the book just basically details what it looks like to grow up without much and realize that that's not going to limit you. And I tell stories of different places where I learned how to ask boldly and receive boldly and to give grace boldly to myself and to others. And I'm still learning those lessons and still applying them, but I'm grateful to share the how, the what, and the why of being able to do all of these things in your life, your business, and yourself. So uh, Nothing Is Missing is available wherever books are sold. Well, thank you. I love the stories of you building your business because I'm right there with you. I loved the stories of you adopting your daughters because I'm also an adoptive mom. And so I just felt a lot of camaraderie with you as I read and appreciated, again, how vulnerable and authentic and honest you were about some of these harder experiences. And I'm sure writing a book, that's hard to figure out how much to include with your relationships with other people. Oh, my gosh, Rachel, it's one of the number one questions that's coming up. So I'm on the other side of all this and, you know, I'm kind of navigating what my next episodes and conversations will be on my own podcast and like, you know, in my communities, because people are saying that they're like, how did you know how, like, you're so authentic, you're so transparent, you're so vulnerable. And there is this element of like, yeah, you know, I talked pretty clearly about the stuff I was ready to talk about, but my goodness, this is not comprehensive. Oh, you're like, oh, you don't know the half of it. (gasps) You don't know the half of it, girl. You know, it's like I gave what I've worked through in therapy thus far, but 320 pages is about a page per month of my life. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, holy cow, you know, but I hope that it opens the doors at least for expanded conversations. And I'm grateful to see the impact thus far from what feels like I've shared a lot, but really is just the tip of the iceberg. So as I learn more, I'll keep sharing more. And thank you for giving me a place to do that here today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll put the link to your book, your podcast, and your website in our show notes. And we're just so grateful to have had this chance to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Rachel. This was a joy. I'm grateful to Nicole for those honest and heartfelt takeaways about how to navigate a complicated relationship with your parents. By way of recap, her takeaways were, first, it's normal to have angst around your parents. It's developmentally appropriate to separate and differentiate from our caregivers as we get older. And sometimes there will be growing pains with that. You may have felt it as a teen trying to figure out your place in the world, and you may be surprised to feel it again as an adult still trying to figure out your place in the world. And obviously, those who have gone through trauma, abuse, or neglect with their parents 
will feel this angst in bigger and more difficult ways. So be patient with yourself as you learn how to process and move through it. Second, it's normal to grieve if your parents couldn't be everything that you needed as a child. A therapist can help you work through some of those feelings, and one exercise that my therapist has recommended to me over the years is to write letters directly to people who I needed to say something to, letters I would never send, but that helped me to release some of my heavier emotions. It's also normal to grieve for the relationship you will never have with your parents that you wish you could have had. Sometimes we have to grieve for the past, present, and future, and that's okay. Seek support from loved ones and professional counselors as you navigate your feelings. And third and finally, you are allowed to dictate what your relationship with your parents will look like moving forward. You don't have to listen to what society or your culture or your family and friends say is the quote right way to honor your parents. If your parents hurt you in the past or currently hurt you, maybe the boundaries that will be most honoring for everyone in the relationship will look different and unique than what is expected. Nicole reminded us in the episode that we have lots of options for how to maintain relationships with family and the level of emotional or physical closeness that we can handle. And she encourages us to consider what will help you, and this is a direct quote from her, retain your agency, protect your mental health and well-being, and hopefully restructure and change the relationship so it can be sustained with more ease in the future. End quote. Before we end the episode, I want to point you to a few other resources that might be helpful to you if you're healing from a traumatic relationship with your parents. First is a book I've heard recommended dozens of times by women in my Self-Assured Motherhood program who had difficult childhoods. It's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, and I will put the link in the show notes. The second resource is a podcast episode that my friend Sarah Dean did a few years ago after her father passed away, where she talked about her complicated relationship with him. It is beautiful and heartfelt, and you may relate to her if you've experienced something similar. And third, I had a guest on my podcast several years ago who talked about how to be a loving mother even if you weren't raised by one. Her vulnerable story and takeaways have blessed thousands of moms in the 3 and 30 community, so if you need her words, I hope you will tune in to episode 81, which of course I will also link in the show notes. To all of you cycle breakers out there who are becoming the loving parents that you wish you'd had, you are doing an incredible work. I hope this conversation has been a little bit helpful for you, and please always know that I am rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.